charge here. That's what the rules are. Well, welcome to Walkers and Talkers, probably episode 70. Usually my co-host Jamie is here to remind me what episode it is. But she's on the beach putting up pictures on Instagram at producer Jamie NYC, I believe. Does that mean she's fired? No, they're really nice pictures. That's an old radio term if you were on the beach. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, that masculine voice is not Jamie. It's uh, a it's voice. Jaime. <laughs> it's a voice you may recognize from an earlier podcast. My friend Eric from Sirius Satellite Radio, also known as E-Rock. Reachable on Twitter at? E-Rock Radio. E-Rock Radio. Oh, Eric. Hi, David. How are you? Good. And of course, I'm David Brody from Elvis Strand, The Morning Show. That's and who you are. That's who I, was I am. I sitting there the whole time. I'm like, I know this guy. That guy looks familiar. He does. So, yeah, Jamie, this is now the third episode I think she's missed. Mm-hmm. So every time I celebrate an anniversary, like the 50th episode, she's on 46, 48. I think she's two behind. Right. Now she's three behind. So if she's not here, you carry on. If you're not here, does she carry on? No, there's no podcast. Okay, so there's no podcast. There's I no see, podcast. I see who's really running things. Well, listen, it's like if, if Conan is gone, Andy mm-hmm. Richter doesn't do a show. They should. I think it would be fun to do a one-off like that. I, a one-off, yes. Mm-hmm. No, Jamie doesn't want to do like it. like a week of shows. No, I love you know, Andy, Andy Richter. live from the Apollo right. during New York Comedy Festival because Conan's out. By the way, at Andy Richter follows me on the Twitter, so... He does? I'm very excited. Oh, yeah, a lot of, I have a lot of comics who follow me. I'm, I'm very excited. I got a chance to shake the man's hand at San Diego Comic-Con. We got uh, into the lottery and we got VIP tickets to see Conan mm-hmm. in San Diego. So, um, for the show, the whole band comes out there and they're doing... Uh, several songs, singing, dancing with the audience and everything to get the everybody hyped up. And then Conan's show starts, and then when it completes, Conan sings this, the end of the show song. And then Andy was actually coming down to the end of the stage and saying hi to people, and nice man. You know, he's very, I feel like Conan's the forgotten man. I feel like he's got a niche that mm-hmm. people followed him. But like, for instance, I was talking to you before we started that I listen, I watch rather, almost every late night talk show. Right, I try to. I, I DVR everything. I do too. I stay up and I watch uh, Late Show with Stephen Colbert every night into Seth Meyers at least the first half. Mm-hmm. Got to watch his first 15 minutes. And then I'll try to, I'll definitely, if I don't watch part of Fallon's, I watch his monologue, then I go to bed, and then the next day, I, or, you know what, sorry, I also watch before Late Show, I'll watch Jim Jeffries on Tuesday. On Comedy Central. I'll watch Full Frontal on TBS. Samantha B. Show B. on TBS, yeah. And I'll watch The Daily Show Monday to Thursday. And then on Thursday, it's on hiatus right now, the President Show. Right. Hilarious. I usually watch that on Friday. But I don't find time for Conan, and it's because I don't feel like he's got a niche for me. But I do like him. In fact, like, like he's not political, mm-hmm. and he's not cutting. He's not sarcastic. He's sort of... He's sarcastic. He, he is, but he's goofy sarcastic. He's very funny. And I, I owe Conan a lot because the first person ever to use my late-night comedy... On television was Conan O'Brien. You, you submitted jokes. I submitted. Yeah, I'll tell you what I did in a minute. But he actually said my name and my my neighborhood uh, a few times. So they had a segment back when the show went on the air and first went on the air. On By NBC. the way, we're going to talk about The Walking Dead. There's a lot of news. We're going to talk about Preacher, but this is what we do. We just schmooze a little bit beforehand. And so when he was on NBC, it was a uh, late night with Conan O'Brien, 1993, had taken over for Letterman, who then went to CBS, and he did this thing where he talked about. When he was in school, people used to make fun of his name. They'd call him Conan the Barbarian. Right. And anything that rhymed with Barbarian. And so he had a writing contest. It was like listener interaction like Fallon does now. He said, hey, fill in the blank. Conan the blank Aryan. And then make a punchline about it, like an insult. Like, hey, Conan the Librarian, where's your books? And he would have four writers on the show read the jokes like they were picking on him. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was Tom Agna, Robert Smigel. Love Robert Smigel. Louis C.K. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, it was three of them. There may have been a fourth, but I remember those three guys. And they were like, hey, Conan, hey, Conan the librarian. And they would do like four or five jokes. So once they did that, I'm like, oh, I'll come up with a bunch of them. So I sent in every week. I think I faxed them in. That's how long ago it was. I would send in a, a joke and then a punchline, like an insult to go along with it. And they used like four or five of mine. And he would say, these, this, these were sent in from David Brody of Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, and, uh, and the, my stuff was on the air. It's great. So, thank you, Conan. They send you a t-shirt or something? They sent me nothing. Ah, okay. But I have them all on, you know, on VHS, 
because they're not online anywhere. So you gotta get him transferred. Yeah, I told Robert Smigel when I, when I got to meet him a couple times. We had him on the show once, and he's like, "No way! I, my God, that was so long ago at the time, and now it's really long ago." But that was my initial, and then Bill Maher used my stuff. Other people, but that was twenty five years ago. Twenty four, almost twenty four. Yeah, it's a long time ago. ago. So yeah. I've been writing comedy since a little before that. V- videotapes don't last that long, especially even it, how well you keep them. All if right. they're in a you know a controlled climate, mine are good. Pet free, smoke free area. Good. I should convert them you soon. You should because that tape does not last forever. I know because that was VHS is very low quality. Even if you taped it on the SP setting, yeah, I know, for the old I know, school I know. there. All to right, get the are, you, are you making me paranoid? Yes. So you got to right. go bring it to Costco or something like that and get it transferred. All right. Or all get right. the little thing on uh, Amazon. There's a thing you can plug right into your Mac from your VCR. Yeah, I don't have a Mac, but I or a PC. Yes, I know. I can. Yes, absolutely, I can do that. You I just haven't. Don't lose those memories. All right, that's fine. All right. So let's talk about some things going on in the Walking Dead universe. Uh, This Sunday, which is the 20th, depending on when you hear this podcast, the Walking Dead Dead of Summer Marathon on AMC starting at 9 a.m. East Coast time. Mm -hmm. So you can catch up on your seven seasons, see everybody who lived, and then watch them die again. An actor named Avi Nash, who you may have seen on one episode of... uh, Silicon Valley and different episodes, one episode here and there. He apparently is the actor who was cast for Rumor for season eight, playing the character of Sadiq from the comic books. Mm. Now, in the comics, episode 120, issue 127, Sadiq is a survivor from Oceanside. But that doesn't mean that's going to be the same thing on the show. Uh, We talked about this a few episodes ago. He's Muslim and he's wandering the forest. Now, last week we talked about, there was a, a promo that was leaked. I don't know if you saw it. Carl walking through the forest. I have not seen that yet. It looks like a girl filming her TV set or her, her computer, because you can see her reflection in it, and it looks like crap. I don't know what she was viewing, but she saw mm-hmm. it online. It was leaked, mm-hmm. and then she leaked it. And it's Carl walking through the forest. He sees a zombie on a spike trying to grab a bag, and then uh, a dark-skinned guy comes up behind the walker, Stabs him in the head and kills him. Looks over at Carl. Carl looks at him. That's the whole scene. Hmm. And so the actor, if you know who he is, Avi Nash, look him up on IMDb. But allegedly he's Sadiq and he's friendly. And that's all we know. That may change from the comics. Uh, Let's see. Tom Payne plays Jesus in a recent interview. I keep calling him the Jesus. The Jesus. Even though that's not the right Jesus. That's, yeah. I got a chance to talk to Tom Payne. Very nice guy. I did too. The nicest. In fact, hold on. Even though you're not mentioned in this, let's play this. Hey, it's Tom Payne, also known as Jesus from The Walking Dead, and you're listening to David Brody and Jamie on the Walkers and Talkers podcast. There you go. That's very nice. He's really short. Yeah, we were sitting down. I don't remember how tall he was. He was standing up. That's how short he is. Ah. Nice gag. Nice guy. (laughs) Nice guy, though. Really nice. Yeah, very nice guy. And uh, fitting. To be a part of that cast that he's not American playing an American. Well, there's like six people on that show. I that know, are but I'm just saying that's what every time they. I mean, look, when they brought in, uh, uh, what's his name for Negan, I was surprised. I'm like, I thought they were just going to bring another British right. guy in because right. that seemed to be what the direction of the show was. I guess they couldn't find any British guys that were going to, you know. That are big and burly. Right. Yeah. Even the guy originally supposed to play the role, Henry Rollins, is American. Yes. You know, Negan's based on Henry Rollins, the singer. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. He, uh, Kirkman, well, that's the funny part. When when um, he talks about who he had in mind, it was Henry Rollins. Rollins, big fan of the comic, was thrilled and wanted to play Negan. He didn't get the part, even though Negan was created based on Henry Rollins. So who cast Jeffrey Dean Morgan then, AMC? AMC. Wow. I'm sure Kirkman had a hand in it, but they didn't think Rollins was right for the role because maybe they felt Rollins was good for the mean parts, but not the smirky, funny parts. Hmm. Maybe Plus, they also thought he was too old. Maybe. Plus, maybe they felt Morgan was, Jeffrey D. Morgan was a bigger draw. Possible. I don't know. So here's Tom Payne in an interview. Um, he says, season eight certainly starts with a big bang and then continues to ramp up, which is really exciting. I know the audience will be really happy with it. Certainly how the show starts, because they're taking the fight back, and then every single episode in the first half, there's a moment which makes you go, wow, oh my God, I can't believe that. Good. So, I mean, it's, it's uh, they get, they have a a long way to go to, to try to top the beginning of the of the last season. Yeah, but uh, you know this the the season seven which had uh, just ended 
didn't end on the big cliffhanger like season six did, but I think they I couldn't. Actually, I know, but I think I was actually satisfied with the way they ended season seven. I was yeah. like, I was okay with where everybody was at that point. Yeah, you know, it was like it was definitely a bridge to what's coming. <clears throat> so it wasn't a cliffhanger as much as it was a great appetizer for the war coming. Because it wasn't a cliffhanger. Right. And I'm glad you couldn't. He had the biggest cliffhanger, one of them in, in television history. Right. Last year to see who Negan killed. Glenn and Abraham spoiler. It'd be great if they did it again. <laughs> kill like, go right back to the well, see if they'll see if they'll yeah. bite for this. Yeah, just start hitting bite, more people. No pun. No pun. No pun. Uh, also, real quick, too, August 22nd, season seven comes out on DVD and Blu-ray. So you have the marathon on AMC, but also if you want the copy for yourself yep. or digital, you know, iTunes, all that stuff. Available on Tuesday the 22nd. So last week we talked about the special editions with, um, uh, what's his name? The Walker the from the Junkyard. Okay. That he's on one of the special editions and you have to push his spike in to get it to open. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and Is that an exclusive to yeah, somewhere? Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's one of those, uh, if you pay more, you get it. I think it's exclusive to Amazon. Amazon, okay. Right, and Amazon has the cookbook coming out as well. Yes, you can that make I all heard, the foods. Yeah. Um, you don't have to tweet me. I, I'll, by the time you hear this podcast, I'll know who it was. Wilson. It was Wilson. No, that's the volleyball in uh, Survivor. In, or uh, the neighbor in Home Improvement. Yeah. Uh, you know who it is. The spiky walker from the junkyard. Right. Whatever his name is, Milton. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. I'll know it by the time you hear this. Anyway, it's a really cool set with him on it. Speaking of the, D- the uh, DVD set, there are deleted scenes now being released there on YouTube. And one of them is deleted scenes of Rick's dream sequence. Of everybody at the picnic table hanging out. Okay. There's an extended scene with more going on. Playing with kids and there's Sasha lighting a lamp. Do you know if they included, because remember before season seven started, <clears throat> that summer leading into the big cliffhanger of who was going to die, it was word, or there was word that they shot multiple scenes of Negan killing like every yes. cast member. Yes. Are those available on the, on the Blu-ray? I haven't read that. Because that would be great if you get to see, you know, each cutscene of everybody getting the shot to the head from the bat. They never released them, but you saw the Maggie one, right? Right. And I think somewhere I saw... I have not seen maybe any Sasha. past that point. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the I others. think there was one more. There was Maggie, and there was somebody else that I did see online, and it was multiple angles... And I can't remember who it was. Damn it! Well, hopefully they do because that would be that would be a great um, exclusive to it. if you were on the fence about buying season seven and they had all those. Cut oh, shots, absolutely! It's like the, it's sold. I, I got to buy even if that's the only one you right. have in your collection. Right. is season seven because it has all that. That's why you would buy it. And I want to see Rick get in the bat too. Everybody. Everybody. Even Rick standing there and Negan's on his knees for no reason as a goof. Well, I, now, first of all, the, the Walker's name is Winslow. I just remembered it. Okay. Do you, now, did you and I talk about this, about uh, Dallas, the cliffhanger in Dallas? Um, I don't know if we did. All right. It's been like 15 episodes, so I'm going to bring it back real quick. Okay. Uh, in 1980, biggest show on television, Dallas. It was a nighttime soap opera. Oh, we did talk about the this. The Who Shot JR. About the Larry Hagman right. thing. Right. Yeah. There's even a scene where he shoots himself. Right. So yeah, if Rick if Rick gave uh, or Negan Negan himself, that'd be great. That'd be a nice little uh, homage to Dallas. That that would be. So here's what else Tom Payne says, and then we'll uh, we'll move on because there's some major breaking news on The Walking Dead. Okay. Okay. He says there's an insane amount of action and different dilemmas. There are characters who are involved in war. So what is the right thing to do during war? Is it just kill everyone? In every war, there are casualties who maybe shouldn't have been. So who dies that maybe you wouldn't think would die? There are dilemmas that I hope the audience is involved in as well in watching it, and there are choices to be made of how to move forward at certain stages. He's excited, yada, yada, yada. So there's going to be moral dilemmas. Do I kill this guy? Do we take him hostage? Do I free him? I would never free a hostage after seeing Saving Private Ryan when Tom Hanks lets that guy go, and then the guy later shoots Tom Hanks. Spoiler, guy shot Tom Hanks in Saving Private Ryan. Well, now I never need to see the movie. 1998. Sorry. Well, according to McDonald's, there's an alternate universe where everything is 1998. That's where they got the Szechuan sauce to send to uh, Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon, just so you know. All right. Yeah. Okay. You can outgeek me. (laughs) Uh, AMC released a really cool uh, video. I don't know if you saw it. It's 99 episodes recapped in four minutes. And so it starts with- An AMC did it? It wasn't a fan video? No, it's a legitimate release. It's to celebrate the 100th episode. It just came out a couple of days ago. It starts off with Rick and the girl zombie from episode one. Right. 
and then it goes to the farm, and it shows everybody and different, like, 10 seconds here of each episode, <clears throat> all 99 episodes. It's fantastic. Wow. Easy to find on YouTube. Were all the comments, why didn't you do this the first time around? I didn't read the comment. <laughs> you, you know what? You can't read the comment section. Because no, then you want to. You know how I'm just saying it's always been the infamous gag of people complaining how slow The Walking Dead oh, is. Oh, yeah. Why, why didn't you do it in you, four you, minutes? In four minutes. You put that video out, and the first comment is, why didn't you do this the first time around? Listen, The Walking Dead is slow all the way to the bank. Yes. Because it's the biggest show on television, uh, even though the rating's down a little bit. Speaking, Look, I bought the new, I bought the brand new Lucille that uh, McFarland Toys just put out. All right. Yeah. Well, I got, you know, you've seen my Lucille. I've seen yours. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of making millions of dollars Code and money, words, money, 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 money. Yes. Yeah. So you may already know, and I know we talked about it here, Frank Darabond, one of the creators of the show. Mm-hmm. It was his idea to bring the comic to TV. Mm-hmm. The original showrunner lasted two seasons. He's the reason why Dale quit the show when he got fired. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Okay. Dale didn't want to do the show without him. Because Dale in the comics lasted much longer than he did on the TV show. Okay. You know Frank Darabont suing The Walking Dead for royalties. No. So he's involved in a $280 million lawsuit because he feels he created the show, it's his baby, and he should be getting a ton of royalties. Uh, he he that, didn't... I'm sorry, go ahead. That, they, that you can look into the legalities of it. He claims they didn't properly report the amount of money. Okay. And that so- they tried to cut him out of a lot of stuff. So he's suing to have them audited in order to find out and then collect a, a ton of money that he feels he's owned. Unfortunately, he didn't have like the Sam Simon deal. You know, Sam Simon, James Brooks, and Matt Groening created The Simpsons. Right. Sam Simon left after the third season or something like that, but he was still listed as a creator and, and everything else. So up until, even till now, uh, in, you know, that he's dead, his family are still getting royalties of him being a creator and everything with The Simpsons. Well, Darabon is still credited as a creator. He just wants a larger piece that he feels he's he's owed a lot more money. So he's involved oh, in he's okay. involved in that. So I don't know how they're gonna justify that then. Well, you can if they re- didn't have him on there as a creator or you know in that kind of role going uh, forward since he left. Then yeah, I understand. But if he's trying to get a bigger, well, chunk I think of he wants DVD money there. and and suv- you know a, a toy money and everything. Here's where it gets worse though. Right. So you may have read that Robert Kirkman this week signed a massive deal with Amazon. His company, Skybound Productions, just signed on for all future projects will go through Amazon. They'll have right of first refusal, not AMC. So a lot of people are like, whoa, why is he breaking away from AMC? Well, announced the day before we recorded this podcast, Robert Kirkman, Gail Ann Hurd, executive producer, Glenn Mazzara, who took over for Darabond as the second showrunner before Scott M. Gimple, uh, by the way, Glenn Mazar is the guy who started killing everybody in the third season and burning through characters like T-Dog and uh, like in regular episodes. Right. And uh, he he's the one who killed Andrea before she... Spoiler, Andrea's dead. And <laughs> because Andrea was supposed to be on the show now, like in the comics, she's Rick's girlfriend, not Michonne. Okay. And so she had just bought a house. She was promised a seven-year deal. Glenn Mazar killed a character off. So Glenn Mazar is not popular with a lot of people, but he's in the lawsuit and David Alpert... Uh, is in the lawsuit, and he's part of, I think, he's now he's the showrunner for Fear the Walking Dead. They're suing for damages, potential damages, up to a billion dollars. Against AMC? Against AMC. Wow. Now, without getting too technical, you can look it up online. They feel they're, that AMC is not being honest with how much money the show is making. Part of it, from what I read, and I could be wrong, is that one division of AMC owns the show, and another division of AMC runs the show. show. So one division charges the other division a lot of money to run the show and to run it in reruns. So these are two separate lawsuits? Yep, two separate lawsuits. Wow, and they're they're pretty much doing the same thing. Yeah, so AMCA pays AMCB, let's say $100 million, to own the show, rerun the show on the networks, you know, in perpetuity. And the people on the show are like, why are you taking that out of our profits? You're paying yourself the money. Yeah. And so... This could affect um, The Walking Dead if everyone creative is in a legal battle with AMC and AMC owns the show. Do they start firing people? I'm sure they do. Yeah, but how do you fire Kirkman? Is season uh, season eight done? Or at least the first half of it done? I believe that the second half is wrapped. 
but the first the first half's definitely done because okay. scenes from the season scenes from the midseason finale have leaked online already. We talked about that last week. Okay. One of the scenes is the church on fire at so Alexandria. They, as far as you know, season uh, the second half of season eight is done. I, I read that it's that they wrapped. Okay, so that's still enough time where they can finish post production and get it ready to air. That, so at least you know that you have season eight coming, right? Well, absolutely. Halves. So that now, so that's settled. But now, now it's unsure about season nine and everything well, else. If these lawsuits. Uh, really get heated. It depends and- if the if the judge puts a stay on the show, but AMC owns The Walking Dead. Right. AMC can do the show with anyone or without anyone they want. But no, will I, that affect the quality? Uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because all right, one thing if season nine comes out and it could be complete garbage because of they had the budget cut and cut a lot of the cast and right. the people uh, that were fan favorites or really like they trim the stories down say we don't have enough money to do all this anymore or two they can just even though they own the rights to it, just stop production and no one else can touch it because they own the rights to it. The thing that I'm worried about is even if they own the show, do they own Kirkman's comic book storylines? I don't think so. I think if it's translated into the TV show, they're listed as an adaptation or something. Because I think in the credits it says based on the works of Robert Kirkman, No, right? what I, Yeah, but what I mean is if season nine is based on the next bunch of episodes right. and they haven't been filmed yet right. and Kirkman gets fired or he quits the project, does AMC just if he put own... him in the comic book first, they he they have it. So, yeah, who, who has it? Kirkman or AMC? Who, who puts out the uh, the comic book? Kirkman well, and his own people do it. Okay, so if they already in the Image have, Comics puts it out, but some of these stories are already out or coming out, and they're going to be adapted for season nine. They have the rights to adapt it. They don't have the rights to those storylines. So if he's if he has them for the comic book, the comic book gets it first before the TV. Right, show. right. But what I'm saying is, if Kirkman's not involved. Let's say he quits. Right. Can AMC not make those episodes based on the comic and have to make their own episodes unrelated like Fear the Walking Dead? Probably. That's what I'm saying. They, so they, this, they'll have that, uh, they'll yeah. have that. Uh, I don't want to say All it's right. a privilege, but they'll have that right to do so. Right. I would say, and like Game of Thrones, they surpassed the books that he, uh, that uh, George R.R. R. Martin put out, so they had to make their own thing. Right, but they didn't skip his last books. No, no. Right. But there was no more material, but they had the right to go in a different direction and not have to be... Uh, 100% towards the Yeah, but imagine material. as a comic fan, you're watching The Walking Dead and they don't do the Whisper War and the Whispers. Look, there's so many things, yeah, so they, many adaptations from comic books, be it movies or television, that, you know, start in the right place or maybe have some of the origins or, or whatever, follow the comic books, and then they make changes. Yeah. Civil War. Uh, Marvel Civil War was not exactly what happened in, in the books. No, no, know? not at all. But they had to do what they had to do in order to make yeah, it work for absolutely, whatever. Absolutely. So comic book fans are used to the fact that it's not going to be 100%. But now it, 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 they'll be a bit resentful and they'll probably lose a lot of uh, viewership if they uh, have to go rogue yeah. because of these lawsuits. I and have they a don't, feeling and they don't gonna... have Kirkman part of it anymore. I think people who are frustrated enough already with this show, uh, with Kirkman attached, if he's gone, I think a lot of them bail. Yeah, I think they need to figure out a way to fix this. So AMC... Pay up if you have to pay up. If you're a creator, get the money you deserve. Right. Maybe take a payment plan so you don't wreck the Who network. Who AMC? Is it part of, like, does it does Turner own it or it like a bigger outlet, Viacom? We'll look that up. Yeah, It, it I, could I be. It, it's not an NBC property, but, you know, because no, they own everything. They own USA Network, but they don't own NBC. I don't know. Somebody owns them. Whatever the case, pay up. You're making a lot of money. Pay these guys what they legally deserve. Right. But- you know, if you're if you're got some creative bookkeeping and you're keeping money away from the creators, if, if that's the case, they'll come to a settlement pretty quickly. Let's if, hope. If, if they if they're that arrogant and want to draw it out, then you know, obviously the the product's going to suffer, and yeah. then the fans will suffer from it. But well, fingers crossed. Something Speak- like that could, unf- like I don't want to think this way, but something like that, if it if it gets as bad as as what these lawsuits are detailing. Uh, you know, that could just pretty much sink the whole thing. Even if they own it, they may be like, we're done with this, and that's how it's going to yeah, end. Yeah, but it's a cash cow. Yeah, but if they can't afford it, well, they do there's have... too many, lega- too many uh, legalities around it, they may just say, you know what, screw it, we're going to do something else. Fortunately, they have other shows on AMC, like... Like, uh... You can preach- nah, we don't edit. Damn computers. I know you do. I gotta say, Preacher, I never read the books. Um, there's a guy on my show, Giddles, who was a diehard Preacher fan, even before they announced that it was coming to television. 
And I've actually enjoyed the fact that I don't know the source material right. with Preacher. And I usually I try to research other things. Like when they come, something's being adapted, I'll try to go and read some of the source material, see where it's coming mm-hmm. from. Uh, this one I didn't, and I still haven't. And I've actually enjoyed everything that I've seen so far. And, you know, and Giddles has told me um, what has been uh, embellished, what has been added for the TV mm-hmm. show, or what they didn't touch on. Or well, the maybe whole first season later. was added. Yeah. The whole first season is not in the comics. No, not at all. Which I thought was brilliant. But well, not not all of it. Um, what's his name? The, the guy who was the businessman who was running the town. Oh, oh, um, yeah. The guy from the Watchmen. Yep. Yeah. When he had the meat, uh, the meat child, or the meat girlfriend, or that. That's in the comics. Uh, it's slightly <laughs> different in the comics. Yeah. It's different, but that that thing happens in the comics. Right. I, the town blowing up. I don't know if it's in the comics or not. Like uh, that. That yeah. seemed like a quick. Cut away to go to do something else. Like, all right, kill, blow up the town and then move on to a, a better story. Yeah, but most of it, most of it's prequel. But I liked it because it really gave you a background on the characters, right? And you get to better understand them. And then all those people are dead. Yeah, including uh, uh, Ted Ryerson, who was who? Well, you know Ned Ryerson from Groundhog Day, right? Uh, so, oh, duh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. So, so uh, Ted Ryerson. Was the guy who kept asking him questions? He's in the Sonic commercials. He was on free radio. Yes, I know. Who Great improv. Yeah, and he kept annoying him like like the regular uh, like Ned Ryerson. Right. And he says, you know, you need to go to your mother and open your heart to her, or give her your heart. And he's the guy who goes and rips his heart out of his chest and hands yep. it to his mother. He was Ted Ryerson. Right. Which has to be a, has to be an homage to Ned Ryerson. One of the uh, one of the great things in that first season was the bus driver. When uh, they the preacher uh, Jesse figured out the guy was you know pervy mm-hmm. and creepy and just show breaks into his house and it, i think he was in the bathtub, in the bathtub right? yeah. yeah that whole scene was amazing like i didn't expect that at all and i was like oh my god this show just keeps getting better and better all right now thinking of things speaking of things we didn't expect you have a little bit of uh inside information on preacher that you're going to share at the end of this uh it, it's a it's something they did based on a real person and me telling that real person what they did. Okay. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. I have I have uh, some idea. We'll okay. get to that. All right. All right, so let's talk about Preacher, Episode 8, Season 2, Puzzle Piece. Uh, the show opens with uh, Grail members getting Hairstar's office ready for the day. It's the same office where he threw that guy off the balcony. Right. It's now his office now. And his top assignment is Jesse Custer. Hairstar. Hairstar. Well, no. His, to start off, it wasn't his top assignment. He was called back, though. He, yeah, but later, uh, it took a while till he finally just said, okay, fine, I'll look at it. Right. Like, it, all his, um, what are they, uh, the agents, we'll say. The Grail. Uh, no, the people below him, you don't call them assistants, they're just agents. Yeah, right? agents yeah. of Grail. So, yeah. uh, all the uh, agents have been trying to tell him, like, you really need to look at this guy, he's a threat to our right. organization. And he's off doing his, you know, his sexually perversive activities, his sadistic activities towards uh, other people and other case files. It's like he was purposely ignoring that right. this existed. Right, right, right. And that was so interesting to see. It's like not a, a hint of curiosity as to what any of that was about. Right. Uh, after that, we see a flashback. Jesse sees his father killed again. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's hearing Eugene scream. So he's having thoughts on, so far, the things that have gone wrong in his life. He's searching YouTube for signs of God, ends up watching a video of a guy who sees God in his toaster. Right. At this point, he's desperate. You know, like, God in his toast. Um, Cassidy comes in. Well, Cassidy says, is this is what what it's come to, yeah. looking for God on YouTube. Right. Yeah. That's, you know, listen, people in real life do that. They look for signs of God in everything. You know, the Cheeto that looks like, uh, like you know, the Virgin Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Cassidy comes in to cook some blood. Now, when we left off last week's episode, he was singing to his son, Dennis, old man Dennis. Right. And Dennis was begging him to bite him. So when the episode started, did you think that he bit Dennis? Uh, when it started. Because he comes in and he opens up plasma or blood, and he's cooking blood on the frying pan. Right. And he says to Jesse, oh, by the way, Dennis is looking better. He's got glow in his cheeks. So at that point, I kind of figured. Yeah, you know what? I forgot about that point. I, you, you are right that uh, yeah, as soon as he's starting to look better, then like, oh, he caved. Cassidy caved. Cassidy and, caved and, and turned him. Yeah, and we'll get to that later because there's, there's there's some issues there I could see already being being an issue on the show. Okay. Uh, Tulip comes home from the hurt locker. She's been getting shot a bunch of times again with a wad of cash, and Cassidy says, you know, maybe you should uh, you should rest. Stop going there. 
And did you see how Jesse reacted? You messed up going there. Yeah, and he's like, I got it. I got it. He oh, snaps yeah, yeah, at Cassidy. Yeah, yeah. Because he's starting to get annoyed that Cassidy's acting like her boyfriend. Right. And so I think they're going to come to blows again there. Uh, that, and he's also annoyed that nobody else is taking this seriously. Yeah, he's, he's only looking old, for he's God. This man on, it's almost uh, Blues Brothers. You know, He's a man on a mission, right. and everyone else is thinking that it's uh, Boulder Dash. Right, and this is important. And Tulip's getting shot, and Cassidy's cooking blood, and nobody's... And, and they don't really know about the Grail situation yet. Right. So he tells... Tulip, she needs to take a nap, go to sleep. And she's like, I'm not sleeping, because she's terrified of the All Saints killer haunting her dreams. Right. And he says to her, sleep. And she goes. And she's out. He uses the Genesis power on her. Now we're back to the Grail, and Hairstar is watching them. He sees him use that power, and Jenny and Hoover, the two people in the 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 hall. two agents. Two agents. they're, They're like, did you see that? And he still had no interest in it. This I love. This is typical hair star. What kind of world is it where a man obeying a woman is considered a major superpower? Right. He's like, big deal. She listened to him. Because he's, you know. No, a woman, uh, woman obeying a man. Right. Where's that? Why is that a superpower? Yeah. I don't see the big deal. That's just the way it is. It's the way it is. Yeah. And then he says, I have a date. Kill them all. Yeah. Just get it done. So that was all before the credits. One of the things Jamie and I do is we always talk about how much action happened before the credits. Okay. This was not one of those episodes where a lot of things, there was no car chases, nobody gets shot. This was kind of a slow, interesting before the credits, but nothing great. So we come back from the credits, and there's a van full of Grail members. We saw this in the trailer from last week from Scenes, and they're ready for war. Night vision goggles. They've got some kind of head covering so they can't hear, because when they talk, you hear them muffled. Mm -hmm. So they must know they have to protect themselves from Jesse's voice. And they enter the apartment building. It was so weird when that scene, how quiet it was. Yeah. Because you're here. It took me a couple of, uh, they had to say a couple of things before I really f- fully understood what they, what was going on, that they have the earpiece that has their radio transmissions. And then when the one guy, you saw a one person perspective mm-hmm. um, as they're going through, you're seeing the whole team um, break into the building and get in position as they're going to try to assassinate Jesse and them. And you're seeing it through the night vision through a one-person perspective. And just to hear how super quiet it was. And then until he talks where it sounds like he's speaking through, you know, like he's... A mask. Uh, it's a, muffled. A breathing mask. Yeah. Right. And I'm like... and But it just... The the way the audio was done for that... It was great scene. Really made... Seeing the night vision and then hearing regular audio would kind of be like, eh, whatever. Right. But to make it super quiet, like you're the person there, was a nice little touch to it. I didn't realize that they were blocking their ears so that they couldn't hear Jesse at that moment. Right. So they get in. As soon as they get in the apartment, Jesse's up. They fire Jesse. Cassidy comes out of nowhere and starts biting them. Right. And boy, they did a number on him. Yeah. They beat the crap out of Cassidy and ripped his his inside out. Right, his liver and some of his intestines. They don't know he's a vampire. They had to know something was up. They were just mutilating a guy. They were mutilating a guy. Um, They walk into a bedroom and old man Dennis is in there and they shoot him. And they're like, the old, and the old man. At that point, we still don't know that he's turned. At that point, I knew it because he's a character on the show. You wouldn't kill him that easily. Right. So, how could he possibly be alive? He's a vampire. He's got to be. So, at that point, I'm like, it wasn't a shock to me yeah. that he was a vampire. Jesse starts beating up one of the guys, rips his helmet off so he can hear him. And he says, kill your friends. And then and the guy walks over, he points at him, and they're all like, what are you doing? And he's like, you could see that he can't control himself. Right. And just off to all those people. And other, those, uh, other, other times, people who were under his control, you didn't know they were, they, they were just like zombified. Mm-hmm. He was like, I don't want to do this. I can't not do this. Yeah, we saw it um, a couple episodes ago where he was telling, it, well, even with Santa Killers, too. He was, wasn't, once he had a soul in him, mm-hmm. he wasn't zombified. He knew, he was well aware he couldn't control himself right. because of the Genesis power. But he wasn't completely zombified. So you see both, depending on... Right. I guess it, de- it, it determines who's stronger-willed and who's weak-willed. Right, like Victor's bodyguards never said anything. Nope. They just stood still or whatever the he said. The cops, too. The cops. The cops that he had surrounding the place like were zombies. just like nothing. And right. yeah, it just shows how weak-willed they were. Absolutely. So Jesse lets him kill all his friends, and he goes to interrogate him. And the second he goes to ask him a question, Vampire Dennis comes flying out of nowhere and rips his neck out. Right. And... Clearly enjoyed it. He clearly enjoyed because he turned around and smiled. His and, primal instincts kicked in. Yeah. yeah. 
And uh, okay. And so I'm like, okay, that guy's going to be a problem. I already knew it because if you remember when, I don't even think we got to that part yet, but I'll jump ahead. When Cassidy is feeding blood, getting fed blood right. by Dennis to heal, Dennis tries to drink some, right? Yeah. And they're like, oh, let's have a toast. He says, be careful. He goes, only drink it when you have to heal. Right. Don't, don't get carried away. Oh, because he burns himself. He, he, uh, he went to stretch, and uh, the sun hit him, and then started burning Dennis's arm, and that was the first time he's ever had that you right. know, uh, interaction as being a vampire and what the sun does to you. Then it leads into the whole thing about uh, Cassidy saying, be careful, only drink it when you need to right. heal. Which and, is foreshadowing. Right, but he takes the whole pan and, and downs it. Right, he goes, slow down. Yeah. He's enjoying it too much. Yep. Okay, so Hair Star's on a date. He said he was going on a date. We don't know the backstory here, except he's sitting with the, pretty. the blonde is pretty, and he says, I, I'm lost. I feel like I'm missing something. And she says, yeah, there was a missing puzzle piece in my life, too, and I met this special needs child, and I gave him chocolate, and he smiled at me, and I realized that that smile was the missing piece in my life, and Hairstars rips her. He's like, you idiot, that missing puzzle piece. He goes, those people smile all the time. He's like, that's what that's what made your day? And he just total disgust. He says, your father's the governor of Louisiana, yes? And uh, she says, yes. And he says, has he ever been to Angola? She says, the country or the prison? He says, either. Now, later, we see him with a computer, and he's looking up a prison. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, he meant the prison of Angola. So, what happened in that prison that he needs information about? We don't know. No. Maybe it crosses over to Walking Dead, their prisons. Uh, hello. So... This guy has a power over people. He's just commanding, hair star. Whatever he says, people do. Right? But it's not like a, in a power like Jesse no, Custer no, has. It's, a, it's, it's just a, a position of authority. Right. That people blindly follow this organization right. and, and the leader that they need to do. Now, I get the Grail mm-hmm. members following him, but I couldn't tell if because she was in a white dress that she was a Grail member. I couldn't tell. Hmm. Because he says to her, remove your shirt. Yeah, she stands up and... And removes her shirt. Yeah. And then he says, hold the butter in your hand and tuck it under your chin. That, that I was trying to figure out what where he was going with that. No, if he was just screwing with her. Yeah. And then he says, in a general ballpark, how long can you hold your breath? She says, I don't know. Like, she's like, I don't, I don't understand. I, I, he says, never mind. So what was he going to do with the butter under her neck? And asking her to hold it, was he going to put her in a tank of water and I drown no her? No idea. That it, you find out later that he really, I think, only feels like he's alive when it's very uh, sadistic, very S and M. Right. Like he needs that kind of pain and torture in his life in order to feel like he's alive. Have you ever asked your wife to put butter <clears throat> under her neck? No. Right. I haven't. Uh, I don't know where that's going. I don't even ask her to cook. <laughs> Like, I'm, it's like, I'll do it, and you, I, she's just going to screw it up. Yeah. Uh, Hairstar returns to his office, and uh, the two agents are there. Right. Hoover and Jenny. He tells them they failed because the commando guys were all killed. Right. And they're going to die. Who's first? I love the tarp rolling out like a red carpet. When it, when Before they before that happened, the, he, the tarp comes out in between the chairs. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It and rolls it just out. rolls out like a red carpet. And he says... He says, it, oh, okay, this was great. He goes, who's first? And Hoover says, the guy says, I am. And the girl says, he is. Yeah. She's ballsy as shit. Yeah. And, but it's also, too, that he, uh, Hoover thinks there's something there with, with Jenny. Like, he likes her. He wants to have involvement yeah. with her. She has zero interest in right. him. So he thinks he's being brave by, like, I'll take the, the first hit if you, like, if yeah, you let her live. But, 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 well, but, yeah, but what does that help? He's dead. No, he doesn't know that though. That's the thing. He he's he's this dumbass that's in love. Yeah, I guess he's also very. He's mostly loyal to Hairstar. Right. She's crazy hardcore, like into it. But he's, you you saw some of the ways that he would look at her, or just the way he said things to her when they were in the apartment next to uh, Jesse. Oh, absolutely. And Tula, that he has some feelings for her. Absolutely. And that dummy was willing to give up his life, and she's like, "I don't give a fuck. Let, let him do that." Right. Okay, so then he says, on the top. So, is the top the red carpet? No, I think he... Was that just the, his accent saying tarp? 
Oh, on the tarp. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you're right. Tarp. Thank this you. This way it didn't it didn't stain his floors and, right, and the right, wall right. there. Yeah. So he gets on the tarp. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, he gets ready to shoot him. He points the gun at him. And it jams. And uh, she says it was an honor to serve, and uh, we deserve to die. And he tries to fire at Hoover a bunch of times, and the gun's locked. So she says, Glock's off in jam and offers to help him with the gun. Wouldn't you take the gun and shoot him? Like, I know you don't, I know you. he's the man, he's the master. Mm-hmm. But here's your chance to save yourself. I thought that too, because that's the way he sees power. He was going through the training. He got to that point. He picks up a gun and just. Right. <clears throat> he would respect her if she shot him. Yeah. And uh, sorry, that's not the way he's, he was talking to the leader at the time and then pushed him over the railing right. and then seized power. Just sat down like I'm assuming power now. Yeah. She could have done the same thing. She could have. So she takes the part, the part the gun as she's talking to him and giving him ideas on killing Jesse. And she's like, uh, you know, uh, taking apart the gun. She's like, I would activate Brad. And he's like, uh, isn't Brad overkill? And, and so she's like, yeah, you need overkill. And he's flirting with her and he says, uh, as she's putting the gun back together, he says, I'm in the mood for a rape fantasy. And she says, absolutely, sir. I'll, I'll put on a skirt. And he goes, he's like, just give me a minute. I'll put on some lipstick yeah. and a mini skirt. He's not you. I want a professional. Rough, ready, cruel. And, and uh, she says, one of those no means yes things, sir? And he goes, exactly. So she says, I'm on it. Now she's changed the subject completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll take care of that for you. Here's the gun. I'll go get you the hookers. And, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll get Brad and uh, Hoover will take care of the professionals. We're all good. Before, I mean, later on in the episode, we, fi- we find out uh, what Brad uh, is. No, no, we oh, find what out Brad what Brad is. is. Uh, what did you think Brad was at that okay. time? I don't want to give away because we're, <clears> we're still going on and it was a couple of false... False Brad's in this episode. Okay. I thought Brad was a killing machine, like a guy who's just a crazy killing machine. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, like a big man mountain. I thought Brad, uh, when I, there's two Brad's I think of. Wasn't one from Rocky Horror. Wasn't that a Brad? I don't remember. Uh, the other one was, you ever watch Archer? Yeah. The, uh, the other agent that wound up being killed and built by the Russians to be a cyborg? Yes. That was also Brad. Okay. <laughs> I thought of Brad Garrett from uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Like a big, tall, doofy. Anyway, so he says, I'm going to leave the tarp out again right. in case you fail. Now it totally makes sense. Uh, let's see. Tulip wakes up, and she stepped on the floor storage when mm-hmm. Jesse put stuff on the floor, but she didn't notice it. And she comes out to the apartment, and it's full of the dead guys. While she was sleeping, that whole massacre happened. Blood everywhere. She slept through everything. She hears Jesse in the other room, and he's ordering the cops around. They're all working for him now. He's got like a dozen police officers. They check these guys in the white for plus fingerprints. The C- plus the CSI cleaning crew right. was in there. Right. He says, I want cleaners. I'll check for fingerprints. Mm-hmm. They didn't find anything on the fingerprints. He's got them all working for him. He says, Surround, you know, sir, check the perimeter. He's got snipers working for him now. Um, so Jenny and Hoover are in the apartment down the hall. She says, Brad is in transit. We still don't know what that means. And suggests to Hair Star multiple prostitutes. She calls him up. She says, you should have multiple prostitutes. And, and, uh, she says, you know, no means yes in multiples. So I'm thinking, all right, get three women coming in and he will yep. force himself upon them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Star is on the computer looking at the prison. We talked about that on his iPad. But then there's that cat pop-up, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. Do you like cats, yes or no? And he can't get it off the screen. I honestly thought somebody was hacking into his thing and, and messing with Okay. Him. But we don't know that. Right. So he closes all the screens to get away from it. And now he sees the uh, the surveillance, the surveillance the footage. Apartment. And he sees Cassidy and Jesse talking about God is missing. And we need to find God and how important that is. And then he thinks to himself, well, I got to take these guys more seriously. They're looking for God. Mm-hmm. And God's missing. Uh, then we see Cassidy in bed, the vampire and his father and Dennis and the whole thing. I totally saw this as a foreshadowing, that he was that excited about ripping the guy's neck out and that excited to drink the blood, and Cassidy was afraid to turn him. Right. And you can't let him alone in New Orleans. He can't live. I can't imagine a scenario where he's going to live as a vampire. Uh, That aggressively, yeah. That aggressively. So my prediction early on is he's going rogue. That Dennis or Cassidy? Dennis is going to go rogue. Okay. Kill the... Well, okay. In scenes for next week, yeah, I'll jump ahead. He's trying to like aggressively either bite or put himself on this blonde in a casino. 
and he's yelling, Cassie's yelling at him like, you have to control your urges. Mm-hmm. So I see that as a theme for a bunch of episodes where he wants to go and kill and Cassie's like, no man, we drink blood out of a refrigerator. We don't, yeah, yeah. and I think they're going to have to put him down. Uh, yeah, I, I was thinking that too, um, that I think Cassie's going to probably have to be the one that uh, takes him down somewhere down the line. Yeah, to learn the lesson. Mm-hmm. She, you know, was Seamus last week told him, don't, let him die, don't do it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's my son. He's a, so I think that's the reason. Because Cassidy's not a killer. No. And it, it's probably hard for him well, not to be. it depends when he has to be. Well, when it's a dog the, or a bad guy. That first that first episode of season one, oh, when where they, he's on the plane. Okay. Yeah. But those that's were, James Bond-style vampire killing. That still may be the best episode, <laughs> it, it, the best scene in, in the show so far. Yeah. But he didn't kill them because he wanted blood. He killed them because he wanted to kill them. Right. But he wasn't killing them for blood, is no, what I'm saying. No, but he has it. He knows he when he has to do it. Yeah. And like he's when not the, remorseful about doing it, whether he's drinking the blood or not. When the waitress tricked her, was it her boss? She tricked him into going into the room with Cassidy. Oh, right, right. Yeah. And then Cassidy killed him. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cassidy will kill people, but he's not like every night going out like Count Dracula looking for people to bite. No. He's drinking blood out of a, of a pouch. If yeah, he's had. not looking to turn people. That's but correct. it goes back to what you were saying there about his killing. He is a killer. He will kill if he has to, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not uh, that it's not in him to do so. He just chooses not to. He knows how to control right. himself. Uh, Cassidy tells Jesse he'll be ready for the fight if there is a fight that night, but he's missing half an intestine and his liver. Now, if you regenerate, I guess you'll get your half intestine back. But do you get your liver back? Um, I guess you do, right? He's a, he, he's a vampire. I guess it all comes back. But that means those son of a bitches from the ground ripped knew, his liver out. Is, is regeneration a part of vampire lore? I never knew that. I guess, yeah. Because well, I've seen various you know, vampire properties where they lose an eye or if they have a, a, a fingers or an arm cut off or anything, it doesn't grow back. Well, it does in this show because he fell out of a plane and he ate a cow and he was fine. In the first episode, mm. he fell out of the plane. Okay. He had his fingers cut off last week or two weeks ago. From All Saints Killer's Sword, grew his fingers back. That is true. You're right. Okay. You watch this show, right? No, I. but something like that is not a major detail, but it's part of... Uh, most vampire lore doesn't have regeneration. No, but he it, doesn't turn into a bat either. I yeah. mean, there's different levels. So maybe there's something more to Cassidy than just being a vampire. No, I think that's. I think the rules of vampirehood in this show is that he regenerates. Okay. I think. I think he has to regenerate so you can kill him more often. Like I think cutting his hands off and 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 screwing them up gives the plot more. Like you can do more. Like Kenny, Kenny keeps coming back. Right. If you couldn't, if Kenny didn't come back to life, you killed him on South Park one episode, and that was it. Right. I think the beauty of Cassidy is you can rip his guts out, and he drinks some blood, and a day later he's fine. Well, vampires don't normally get killed unless you follow the certain rules of how to kill a vampire. Right. But that never, I don't recall that ever including regeneration. You know, they can't be killed. In, by, in, less, in it's certain ways, but I never knew about regeneration. But if that's what it is in this universe... What happened in Lost it. Boys? Did they regenerate anything? I don't remember. I don't remember either. Such, I haven't seen that since I was a kid. You're eating worms. Yeah. What? <laughs> uh, let's see. Tulip is pissed that he used the word on her, and he's like, hey, I was worried about you. I wanted you to sleep. Uh, and she says, you know what? I need a gun. So we cut back to the apartment down the hall. Hoover's booking hookers, looking for rough and ready hookers. And Tulip knocks on the door. Jenny, again, with the quick change. She goes from the white coat and the wig. To the uh, to that uh, disheveled blouse or sweater that yeah, she threw Yeah, all of a sudden over. she's uh, uh, abused housewife Jenny. Yeah. And Tulip says, uh, can I borrow your gun? Can't really tell you why. I need your gun. She gives her the gun. Then Hoover says, what'd you do that for? Now she's armed. Yeah. So he says, well, she's got a gun, but that's not going to stop Brad. At that point, I'm still thinking, because in the scenes from last week, Remember the police car? Right. That big monstrous guy walked up to the window with a crazy face, like some the kind of creature. The big fat dude, yeah. The big fat dude with a crazy face? He had, uh, wait, no, he had, uh, wasn't uh, an Obama mask or something he was wearing? No, it was uh, some kind of smiling face, but it wasn't an Obama mask. Okay. Uh, that, I, that I remember, I don't okay. believe. Anyway, it was some kind of creepy, looked like a, I don't know. Anyway, so that's who I thought Brad was. And they want you to think that that's Brad. Um, so Dennis starts blasting music. He's a distraction. Then this giant creature man approaches the police car. We saw it in the coming attractions. Yep. And the cop gets out of the car. He's peeing on the back of the car. He starts wrestling him. 
and I'm thinking, this is Brad. He's going to kill all the cops. Mm-hmm. The cops are running over, trying to beat him up. Ten cops are jumping the on him. Second, the second that the, this guy didn't break through the window or try to kill the cop and was started peeing in the back there, I, I automatically knew this is a distraction. Like, they set this to set the cops up so that they could sneak in. Maybe. Yeah. I never... Th- See, you thought it was Brad, and that's fine, but I, I never thought that... Th- if he if he was Brad, he would have killed that cop right away. The fact that as soon as he walked to behind the cop car and yeah. started doing what he's doing, and now the cops trying to get up and talk to him, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be a distraction." And then all of a sudden, all the cops started running over there, right. and you could see Jesse in the window, like, "What the hell are they doing?" Nobody's talking to him. Nobody's confirming anything. Right. And now he 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 turned around. And he said, "They're here." He knew that this distraction right. meant that uh, you know whoever. Well, he was, thought they were there. Yeah. The one thing I missed before that happened was the guy showed up, the cleaner, mm-hmm. to come clean up the blood. Right. So he comes in. They let him through security. So at that point, the guy outside is being jumped by all the cops. Mm-hmm. The cleaner's in the apartment looking suspicious. Mm-hmm. At that point, did you think the cleaner was Brad? Um, no, I honestly... As, Son of a bitch, you're lying. No, honestly, at first, when he turned, I was looking at his eyes because I thought it was Hair Star. And when he turned and I, his eyes were normal color, didn't have that there, and I'm like... Okay, he looks a little like Hairstar in disguise, but he maybe has contacts or anything. No. And then I was like, no. Guy he, was too short. Well, this is before. You only saw him like Yeah, but he brought in, that, he brought in the yet. briefcase, the suitcase. I didn't pay he much attention to that. He opened it slowly. It was all very like, this guy's going to be the bad guy. That I thought so. That, yes, I did not think it was Brad. When he turned, I swear I thought it was Hairstar in disguise. And then I was like, no, it's not. He must just be another agent. All right, so Jesse leaves with everyone in the apartment with the cleaner and is a gunshot. Mm-hmm. Now there's a gunshot coming from the apartment. At that point, did you think the cleaner shot somebody? Uh, no, I thought some weird reason that Cassidy or Tulip or somebody knew what this guy was doing that Jesse didn't see. Or this guy was about to kill Jesse and somebody came out of the other room That's what I thought. Yeah. That's what I thought. So they go back in and she shot the cleaner. Yep. He's legitimately the cleaner. He had a spray bottle. She's paranoid from the, from the cowboy. She shoots him. The creature guy is actually a guy in a mask. So nobody's Brad at this point. <clears throat> then um, we see Creepy Jenny watching them on the camera. Now we see the drone. It's Brad. Mm-hmm. This is a stretch, but I think it was deliberately a stretch. Brad was battle ready. That was the B. Remote operated. That was the R. Yeah, aerial. Aerial and drone. Yep. I just thought that was a lot of extra words they threw in there just to get the, the Brad thing to work. That's what the military would do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To yeah. find a cute or, or easy right. acronym. So Brad is a flying drone. Uh, they're monitoring the drone in the apartment, and Hoover says, we should probably evacuate. Let's, let's get the hell out of here. And <laughs> and Jenny says, Brad is the pinnacle of grail precision, uh, precise engineering. And Hoover says, what if it's off? And she says, what a great way to go. What, yeah. you know, how great. Wasn't the term glory yeah, or what, something used? She said, yeah, that's what, that, that, that would be for the greater glory. Gl- greater glory, yeah. She's a crazy-ass chick. She is. She's, you know what? She's, uh, she... The term would be DTF, but she's DTA, down for anything. Yes. Now, this is the best scene in the episode. Did you know what was happening when this happened? Be honest now. Okay. Hair stars in his office. Right. Three guys walk in, and they say, we need to talk to you. Your secretary is done for the night. No, I did not expect it to be that okay. way. No. Okay, because I was going to call major bullshit on no, you. No, no, I did not expect... I When they came in, I was trying... Honestly, I thought they were henchmen from, remember when he was in the training camp and all that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's, he people either were getting knocked off or he killed the yeah, one I guy. Yeah, I thought maybe the governor sent them to kill him because he fucked with like his daughter. That. Yeah. Right, okay. I thought they were henchmen for somebody that he wronged. Right, and yeah. then I'm thinking, this guy's going to kill them with his bare hands. He's hair star. Yeah. He says, do you know who I am? And they said, yeah. For the next 20 minutes, you're garbage. We're the professionals. And I started laughing my ass off. I did off. too because uh, Hoover totally screwed up the the vision of prostitutes that he wanted. Hold on, hold on. So you thought at that point that he wanted to rape three girls? Yes. And Hoover screwed up. Yes. Okay. I think Hoover isn't sure about him and thought maybe, or no? Hoover seems to okay, bumble so that's a lot your of theory. things. So, okay, I want yeah. you to tweet me at David underscore Brody, at Walkers underscore Talkers, and at E-Rock Radio. I want, I want to know what you guys thought yeah. about, at that moment, okay? Because Hairstar says, there's been a mistake, I wanted women. 
and and he says, I'll show you the door. And the guy says, we're going to show you the door, the back door. And he says, no. And he said, you heard the signal, boys. No means yes. And they start raping him from behind as he stares at the folder of Jesse. He's smiling. And he says, ah, the missing puzzle piece. Okay. Well, he wasn't exactly smiling. He seemed rather indifferent because when it first cut to him, I was like, this horrific act is coming on, almost like you know from Pulp Fiction. Right. And he's bored. It looked like this was not doing anything for him. And then when he looked at the folder, yes, he started to smile. Absolutely. So here's what I'm going to say. Okay. I, something else just popped in my head. But I he hear said first. he wanted a rape fantasy. Right. He said he wanted a no means no fantasy. No means yes fantasy. No means yes fantasy. And they know him. He got exactly what he wanted. Okay. He was the no no means yes. He got raped by the three guys, and that's what he always wanted. Mm. We were meant to believe they hired the wrong guys and that he would kill them and kill Hoover. Just when you said, okay, great, that's what you think, because I honestly thought Hoover screwed up and got the wrong thing. No, I think it was Hold exactly on. what he wanted. That's fair, too. The thing that dawned into my head just now was maybe Hoover was purposely changed it to try to get back at Hairstar for almost trying to uh, yeah, but then he'd to kill, kill him, him again. How about this? What if he did want women, but then was like, I'm down for it. What the hell? Did he play along? Because either way, he's creepy. Right. Either way, he's a nut job. Right. And I don't mean liking men makes you creepy. I'm saying in this no, scenario, the, this, the right. The way this character right, is, right, is right. creepy. Right. So either way you slice it, he's a freak. Right. But is he a freak because he was down DTF when he was like, ah, they're already here? I would love in the next episode, if I'm right, and he goes and he confronts Hoover because he's like, you purposely did that. Even though he enjoyed it, right. you purposely did that to to F with me, and then he shot Hoover. No, because they, they were told the cue. When he says no, right, Yeah, we're down for See, it. See, this, this, this is what you call perfect writing. Perfect because writing. Because there's no way to really pinpoint what the intention was behind it. It could be anything, and each scenario is right. Each, I think each, I think each one could be right. I want to believe that they knew the cue that as soon as he says, "I'm not into this," right, that's when we're into it, right. That no means yes, and I, I think they were told he's going to say no, he's going to object to this, he's going to pretend like he wanted women, and then he's he's all about it, and so. That's my theory. I think he was always wanted the guys. Okay. But I like the theory, your theory, that he wanted the women. Hoover either Some, messed up yeah. or, or read him wrong or deliberately did it, and he was down for it anyway. Yeah. Either way, it's hairstyle. That's what I'm saying. Any, If you did alternate takes in all these yeah. scenarios that we just mentioned here, and you saw it, each one would be right. Each one you would see there, and you would agree with it. What I love about this character is he's been on now. This is his second episode. Third? Because there was the training camp episode. That was last week. Uh, oh, was it? I think he week? popped up maybe once before that, and we didn't really know who he was. Yeah, I think but he's this basically was the third. been in two episodes. Yet you totally get the character. It's you, we're able to say that's so him. He's so defined. I mean, the training camp was fantastic, where he, he masturbates to distract the guy. I mean, everything was great last week. Yeah, whenever it was, it was when, last he, week. when he would talk to, I, I kept picturing. Uh, and he wanted his talking Evil validated. Line. About a shorn scrotum is breathless, you know, yeah. breathtaking. It's like it seems like that could have come from Hair Star. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Star now in a much more peaceful mood, and thinking about Jesse, realizing that he could be the puzzle piece to something, calls up the agents and says, "Call off the missile." And they say, "Well, it's already been fired," and he's, "Well, we need to redirect it." So Jenny tries to redirect it, and that cat pop up comes up again. Right. And at the last minute, she reroutes it, and it blows up a house. And uh, she goes, what'd you hit? And it was Harry Connick Jr.'s house. Yeah. So, so far on the show, Tom Cruise dead, Harry Connick Jr. dead. Right. As far as celebrities and real-life real celebrities. One week later, flashes on the screen, and Jesse's still worried about an attack. But he finally tells the cops, you're free to go. Forget this ever happened. The news report talks about the Armenians are being blamed for the drone attack on Harry Connick Jr. Uh, Hairstar comes into the bar where Jesse is sitting, sits down next to him. At that point, I thought maybe he's going to threaten him. Mm -hmm. We don't know what's going on. What did you think? um, I didn't think he was going to threaten him. I think he was going to try to bait Jesse into helping him find God. You know, because as soon as he sat down, he said, I'll have what he's having. Mm -hmm. I was like, he's not going to kill Jesse. He's not attacking him. 
I think he's going to try to use Jesse for his own game. Oh, of course. Like I wouldn't be I wouldn't put it past Hair Star where if they were if they teamed up to find God and Hair managed to get rid of God and then take God's throne. Like sit down and now right. he's running heaven like that. I don't I don't put that past him as him being an underlying right. uh, an underlying motive to it. So he offers to help Jesse find God. Right. And that's how the episode ended. So scenes from next week. Well, there was a, one other thing too. What I miss? Um, while they were sitting down, you hear yes, you heard the Armenians are responsible for the uh, for the Harry Connick Jr. Right. And they list Harry Connick Jr. singer, actor, talk show host, dead at forty nine. All right. Right. I was laughing so hard at this because, and this is goes to the information that you said that uh, that I had earlier. Did you meet Harry Connick Jr.? I've met him a couple of times, okay. but uh, friends of mine produce his show, The Stangle Brothers. They are the EPs for the Harry Connick Jr. Oh, talk right, show. Oh, right, your friends, right, right. right. Uh, I worked with The Stangles yes. for a little bit. They also used to be the EPs for, for Letterman. Late, uh, late Show yeah. with David Letterman. Yeah, brilliant comic. So the, right now, they're producing Harry Connick Jr.'s talk show. And the second that episode was done, I text Justin, and I said, did you watch Preacher Tonight? And uh, I watched it a little later. I didn't watch it when it aired, and he didn't respond, so I figured he went to bed. Next day, he writes me. He's like, sorry, I've been busy. Um, I haven't seen it yet. What's going on? I was like, you need to see this. Why? And so he's like, just tell me. So I explained what happened, and he just wrote, what? Wow. I'm looking for clips now. I said, because they're going to start season two soon, Mm -hmm. right? I said, you need to get clearance to play the clips. I said, there's nothing bad in those particular Mm -hmm. uh, uh, parts of the episode that you could re-air on Harry. I said, Harry needs to address this. I said, I, this would be so funny if he did. Right. Tom Cruise won't address it. I mean, he's, you know, but, what he was killed. But Harry, Harry's a nice guy, but oh, he knows how to play off himself. Yes, yes, yes. He would, this would be something perfect for yes. Harry. So I was like, you need to get clearance for this. And he's like, we're already on it. That's great. And I was like, if, if Harry addresses the preacher clips when he comes back for season two, I'm like. Oh, no. have Seth Rogen on. Talk about why he targeted him. Anything that he addresses. The no, I mean they're in New Orleans great. and he's a New Orleans celebrity, so it makes sense that he'd be the guy. Yeah, I would just love to see that. Yeah, I think that'd that be great. would make great TV. And if you had a hand in it, even better. <laughs> so scenes from next week. Dennis is getting an early birthday gift. There's some old naked lady in his bed, and uh, my prediction is he kills her. Well, there was the young girl walking in from well, the hallway well, that, too. Well, that's 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 right. But he's got the. I believe he's going to kill one of these women in bed. Um, Star Jesse and it looks like the Pope. And another cardinal, maybe, are in a room, and the Pope says, it's time for the boy to lead. And I guess they mean the son of Jesus that we learned a few weeks ago exists. Right. Jesse asks, who's the boy? And they say, you weren't supposed to hear that. But then they tell him he's the Messiah. Tulip confronts Jenny, and she says, who the hell are you? So that's going to be a throwdown. And a girl runs away from Dennis in a, in a bar, a nightclub, or a casino, I, I don't remember. And uh, Cassidy tells Dennis he can't act on his appetites, which right. is what we talked about before. Dennis is going to have to go. That's my prediction. I don't How think many De- episodes are left in this season? Uh, we're up to episode eight, right? Two, two or three? Okay. Because I mean, because well, you know what? They can go up until October twenty fifth when Fear comes back. No, no, no. Fear comes back September twenty fifth. Right. So you've got three or four weeks, maybe a break. So maybe it goes thirteen episodes. Okay. It's not going 16, I don't think, so. Yeah, 13 sounds about right. All right, so we have a few. We so, still have a few time, but yeah, we all kind of agree that Dennis is going to be done by the end of this season. All right. And at, I think at the hands of Cassidy. He's like. I think Cassidy has, has to, to be the guy down. to do it. Yep. Has to. All right. How do you think he does it? Old-fashioned, like, stake him or lock him in the sun or something like that? I don't that? know where they'd get a silver bullet from. No, stake. No, I'm saying. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm narrowing down the options. Okay. So I don't, I don't think uh, he can do the silver bullet thing. And so I have to believe either sunlight throws him out. Was the silver bullet werewolf? Yeah, what was it? Garlic? Yeah. I think silver bullet works for, uh, I don't know. I don't know if they work for vampires. I know garlic, ho- holy Keeps water, them sun, steak. I thought a silver bullet works on them too. I could be wrong. But definitely a steak. Right. I think he's going to have to stake them. And beheading. You have to behead a vampire. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, Dennis is not long for the show. Nope. Hmm. All right. Thank you so much, David. I well, appreciate at, you having me on. At E-Rock Radio, thanks for filling in again. Yes. Well, Jamie is laying her ass on the beach. That doesn't mean she's fired. It means she's coming back. She's That's just right. on vacation. No, I know. I love Jamie. She's she's back. Don't worry. So, and plus, you know, she's in the IDs. Some of the some of the IDs I did say, look, you're listening to David Brody and Jamie. Look, there's shows. Look, 
little behind the, uh, the look behind the curtain here. There are shows where people on those shows aren't on those shows anymore, and they still have the names or play those IDs. Yeah, I know. I know. the magic of radio. The magic of radio. What, what I did. I'm just I... assuring your audience that she is coming back. Yeah, she's coming back. She'll be back next week for episode 71. Good. You missed episode 69 last week. We chuckled. Okay. All right. Just at the title or, or the uh, content within? All of that. Okay. There you go. All right. So thank you for listening to to us. Uh, tweet us again at David underscore Brody at Walkers underscore Talkers at E-Rock Radio. Thanks again for filling in. No, no thank you for having me. Sorry for this. the long podcast and that one second where the button didn't fire. I'm not editing that out. Enjoy the silence. Oh, um, do you know what time it is? Are you playing Enjoy the Silence as we end? No. Do you oh. know what time it is? What time is it? You have to say it with me. Okay. Negan's famous line, but if you interrupt him. Uh, wait, why am I spacing He says he's going to shut that shit down. Okay. Okay, so you know what time it is? We're going to shut that shit down. So close. Okay. I'm going to handle it solo. Okay. It's time to shut this shit down. What he said. All right, you want to try it one more time? No. It's time to shut this shit down. Good enough. Damn it. Just go with it. Miss you, Jamie.